Hey people. <laughs> oh, here's the deal. We just recorded the most play boots the house <laughs> episode of our lives. Our seven episodes were put hey, to shame. Is, yeah, they were. They really were. And then we saved the audio, and it was fuck up. Which now I'm like scared. Maybe we should stop this and test this again. <laughs> I just did it. Do it again. Okay. Yeah. To our knowledge, it's working okay now. But I don't know. I'm gonna have intense trauma <laughs> from <laughs> recording what could have been. And it could, it still could be, but I'm truly mourning right now. I'm grieving. I could tell on the <laughs> way to Taco Bell. I could. We feel had to step out for a second, <laughs> and I wanted. To... <laughs> but it is now eleven thirty. And we live in a smallish town, and there's nowhere that we can get alcohol right now. But then, like, maybe a Wawa, but it's going to be, yeah, like, a canned but I'm beer. not, I don't need it that <laughs> Yeah, I'm distraught, but, you know, this Baja Blast-esque drink that I'm drinking is enough for now. Oh, my God. But we want to talk again. We're gonna talk again. I'm. We're. If our hearts don't sound in it, it's because they're not. It's because everything that we're about to say is for the second time, probably for the most part. Anyway, I digress. Before we get to what this. Oh yeah, welcome to the man I love podcast. I'm Issa. I'm Chell. What are you saying? We're here, man. Um, what have you been watching? This is 23. This, yeah. This is, we, we were drinking wine out of red Solo cups because it seems to be the only thing in my dad's house. We're drinking very not authentic sushi, drinking, eating. Yeah. And then we had Taco Bell with stale potatoes. So. And as there are highs of 23. I got my Kindles. Yeah, you got your Kindles. You want to tell them how I do you obtained boxing. So, I think that donating and being part of you know the community of people who donate blood and things like that is so important. But also, they had a promotion that gave me money for donating my plasma, and I have a deep fear of blood. I don't do well around blood. I get a little freaked out. I but... can't fully believe you <laughs> when you. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but I wanted this Kindle so bad. I have been reading on my Kindle from 2012. I was telling you, it was like the from the last recession. Recession was over by then. No the after effects. <laughs> but anyway, so it's like from from that era. My Kindle still has buttons on it, like to click to change the page. Um, so really old Kindle. It doesn't even connect to the Kindle store anymore because they 
stop that like a year and a half ago two years ago that's how old this kindle is that they were like you can no longer have access to the kindle store so i was reading on this and i saw this plasma donation like you get this money and it would be enough for a kindle and a new case because the kindles are on sale they were on sale so i was like oh my god i have to do this for my reading experience and i am horrible with blood horrible with needles also um and and i did it and i, I put myself you conquered. i don't know how to tell you guys this it was like i was having an anxiety attack for two hours because the whole like it was my first time doing it so you have to go through a whole process or whatever and i was sitting in the chair with my arm extended my blood is going out of my body into the machine stirring and then going back in my body and I was sitting there with my neck just like directly staring really at the ceiling. Put in sugar <laughs> I was like so freaked out, feeling my warm blood like these two. <laughs> it's so terrifying. I had to go home and like cry to release the anxiety because I was so freaked <laughs> out by it. But I did it, you guys. Donating plasma saved lives. <laughs> And I got my Kindle with a cute little case. And I got it today and I unboxed it. And I'm going to say something. I kind of miss my old Kindle. I like get the buttons. I know I'll get used to it. And I know it's like waterproof or whatever. And like probably better. It has a bigger screen and I can like. It has a bigger screen? Yeah. This is a big one. That's a big yeah, Kindle? Yeah, it's, it's a Kindle Paperwhite. Yeah. I've never had a Kindle. Yeah, so... I thought that was a mini Kindle. No, 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 no. That is a larger Kindle. That's crazy. That is on the large end for Kindles. I ah. read this book that we're about to talk about on my giant iPads. <laughs> I read this book on my phone, and it was the worst experience ever. I read it on your laptop. No, I tried on my laptop, but I can't because I have to sit there, and my laptop sounds like... You know what Oppenheimer's going to sound like from other theaters? That's what my laptop sounds in like. In the Barbie movie and you yeah. can hear explosions. Yeah, that's like what my laptop sounds like actively. So I did it on my phone and then the like staring at my phone. You know, I could stare at my phone for days mm -hmm. on TikTok. Staring at my phone for 30 minutes to read a book. It's rough. Is like hell, which is why I had to donate plasma to get my new kindle i did read half of, i've read about maybe a third of this on my phone and then i switched to my ipad because i was like i can't do this yeah so so excited to have my kindle um so i can borrow books from the library i love libraries um obsessed with libraries uh, we need man, to i love libraries and i love libraries uh we need to support libraries more i love to just sit in them do my work most of the librarians are super sweet you have little study areas I love libraries. Um, oh, media I've consumed this week, though. Pirates of the Caribbean is out in theaters. I love it. It is the 20th anniversary of the film, so actually. So doing this. It is like, <laughs> no. But I just saw, like, Orlando Bloom post about it. And it's a picture of him from when the first movie came out. And he was like, yo, ho, ho, 20 years. And I was sitting there. And I was talking to my sister about this. Because in that movie... Kira Knightley is only 17 years old. I did not know The first that. one. Very, very young. So she obviously looks really good now because she's like 30. Like 30 something. Way older than 30. She's like 30 something. And I Might saw. Might be like 39. Yeah. I saw a picture of Orlando Bloom. 
And I was like, <laughs> he why is he not like Kira Knightley is right now? It is because he is like 10 years older than her. Like he was like 26 when he filmed these movies and she was like 17. So of course she looks really nice. She's like barely 40 and he's in his 40s hard. Yeah. And I like had to look it up also because she's only like a couple years older than the Harry Potter kids. Crazy. Yeah. Because she was so young filming these movies. Um, but that was insane to me. <laughs> Kieran Ellie is so gorgeous. And I liked Orlando Bloom. I liked him in the movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does he know about pirates? <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been consuming. Yeah. We both talked in our first recording of this episode about how we saw... Um, now I'm forgetting the name of it. No hard feelings together. Yeah. Here's the summary. It's rapey. It's got... <laughs> I'm going to cut to the chase. It's got rapey undertones. And I caught that vibe from the trailer because I was like, how old is she? Is she supposed to be playing her actual age? Like, what is the deal? Spoiler alert. It's... St- yeah, she's playing her real age. But, like, in the movie, she's trying to pass for, like... Like it's the mid twenties, yeah. yeah. That she's trying to pass like as her mid twenties, um, and they don't resolve the the rapiness of it, and yeah, yeah this movie's being like <laughs> widely praised. Um, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun, just like questionable. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was bad, and the comedy was like fine. I think it people, wasn't like a masterpiece. Yeah, I think people a little older than us would like liked it more. Yeah, just from the vibes in the theater, of uh, more of like thirties audience mm-hmm. enjoyed it a lot more because also the movie pokes fun a lot at like people our age and younger being like these softy little liberals, <laughs> Gen, Gen Zers. <laughs> they don't even. They're afraid of the world. <laughs> I say as I take my stress gummies every morning. You say as you donate plasma to get it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. I feel like more thirties vibe. But also watching the movie, there are some moments where I'm like, "This feels weird." Like looking at Jennifer Lawrence, look at a guy that looks like he's nineteen, almost lovingly in a restaurant where she's wearing a prom yeah, dress. Like this felt like a little weird they never fully get to that point but there's a point where you're like is it about to be revealed that she's developing like legitimate romantic feelings for this 19 year old yeah um yeah and i mentioned it i can't go without mentioning it again jimmy award 2018 winner and linguini from the Ratatouille musical. I was saying this to Chell while we were in the movie theater. During She's like, the I need you to get away. I... Andrew Barth Feldman, you will be famous forever. I thought his cover of <laughs> no, no, no. Like, Man Eater okay, okay. was good. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm excited to see where he goes next. I will admit something. I've never they seen this like man in his good. life. In my in his life yeah. or mine. Well, I like musical theater yeah. like a lot. I've never seen this man in his life or mine. Mm-hmm. And um I I'll admit the first half of the movie I was like, like this is but it's also like mm-hmm. supposed to be uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah, like, and he was good at it. Yeah. Like great. Um but he did win me over as a human being, like mm-hmm. as a as an actor person. 
while he was singing man eater like on the piano that was when he got you he did he has a beautiful voice he's had my heart I for was, a few years now. i was charmed <laughs> enamored it's like the I first time I, yeah it's like the first time i saw josh groban when i was like 12 <laughs> no longer feel that way but you know some some mm-hmm. people some that people makes one of us some people get Josh Groban fan cams with only 200 likes on hey, their hey, for hey, you hey. page. I didn't find them. I sought them out. They didn't just appear. I got on my one for you page. And I was like, you are <laughs> evil for this. I felt like Crocker being like, Fairy Godparents, like Yeah. No. Mm. Sorry I'm a woman and I enjoy fine men. Anyways, um, I also saw Joyride, which, long story short, same vibes. It was funny. Saw it with my mom. Interesting decision. But I think she came out liking it a little more than I did. I think I did, like, No Hard Feelings a little more. Mm-hmm. But the bar is not high. It Neither of them were bad. It just, oh. like, I think that everybody wants, like, a pure comedy right now. And I saw somebody on TikTok kind of mention, like, there's this current sort of, like, rejection of PC culture. And there was, like, a similar kind of, like, it was popular a few years ago. I would argue it's still a little bit popular now for, like, people within the LGBT community, for example, mm-hmm. to be like, I hate gay people. It's <laughs> like a joke. Um, Because it's kind of this, like cultural phenomenon that just happens when there's kind of like a lot of change happening at I don't want to say like a rapid pace but you know like gay marriage was legalized and there's like rainbow capitalism becoming more frequent in the early to late 2010s and then there was like this weird cultural pushback where people were kind of just like well now we're gonna like make fun of it and i think the same thing is kind of happening chick-fil-a why did you change your twitter to the flag the pride flag during pride month and then they change it right back it's not chick-fil-a this is an exaggeration but like you know what i mean yeah so i i think that there's kind of like a similar thing happening with like you know comedies from like the late 2000s mm-hmm. were very like questionable in some of their jokes and humor and now like that's been kind of like not acceptable for mm-hmm. a while and now people kind of want to consume it like ironically which interesting mm-hmm. i don't know there's a conversation somewhere in there not sure if like irony is still usable but as far as these movies go i mean joyride didn't really like suffer from like that type of you know what i'm talking about but no hard feelings did a little bit um yeah i don't know i mean it was fun i don't i don't think it's like that deep it didn't do anything like crazy offensive it was just the weird rapey undertones that i was just kind of like Okay, well, maybe let's choose a different plot next time, but it was funny. Yeah, it was fine. I, I just feel like I feel like a lot of things are just kind of like fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not like such as just this book. Um oh. oh. I was gonna 
because here's my thing i'm like we're recording this again i have to freshen it up so i'm gonna talk about how i read love theoretically i just oh, finished brothers. it yesterday and is it the same plot every time yes is it i am different i am like so teeny tiny petite i have a phd uh what was it uh, Ulock, like <laughs> nerd oh my things. gosh wait no in the books i wanted to vomit at these parts they bring back characters from the other two books like i'm just reading minding my and it's not like a full bringing back it's like mm-hmm. references like a side character will be like my friend b no stop you stop that right now oh my god you know what i just think you don't understand how small academia is and like <laughs> no no i was like everybody knows each other what um, i mean well, i do think that's like when, semi-realistic when everyone is a genius at nasa that's like so skinny and she's so skinny and tiny but she never works out she doesn't like running or going outside or nature or like pajama pants um, in the larry potter 25 hours a day and he's literally adam driver absolutely ripped like (laughs) adam driver in that one cologne commercial like it's always like Adam Driver super shredded ripped acted like that man wasn't like a marine (laughs) he put in the work like you are submitting like reports like that's an oversimplification like but in every book they gotta do a whole scene where the main character and her various friends that are never really mentioned ever again mm-hmm. and don't like ever question the fact that she's dating a superior in most of these things yeah and, uh but like they're all like oh my god sure they're my guilty pleasures okay i'm just woman it's like you are a toy <laughs> that is <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, where even were we? Uh, you were talking about the book. I want and... everyone to know there was at least another thirty seconds of laughing as I attempted to swallow my Baja Blast. But anyways, yeah, that could be your guilty pleasures. Yeah, I have been. Mm, I will not say I'm a member of the Broski Nation. I do, I, I do enjoy clips and videos and stuff. Ooh. And I have, I saw one where she references the Sarah Maze. Uh, she wrote the like. I think I might have talked about this with Kira. A Court of Thorns and Roses. Thorns and Roses. She wrote that trilogy or that's like series of books. Mm-hmm. And how she has another series, and I think she referenced it. And I will admit, I bookmarked it because mm-hmm. I do. You know, those are my guilty pleasure books. Like uh, I could tear through those in a day and a half. A day and a half. Damn, we've been talking for twenty minutes. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. I thought you were going to talk about how um, she was like 
praising Sarah J. Mass's like writing. Like, like she wasn't even talking about the smut, because that's why I read them mostly. <laughs> like, like I do like that it's like smut with plot, but I'm not there for the plot. Like, if it was just the plot, I would not be reading these books. I think she's reading it for the plot, which like to each their own. But like, I don't. At some point, the plot is it's... gone from those books. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's I, like I texted you about it, and I was uh-huh. like, we hit book three, and I was <laughs> like, out the window. The plot is like making itself up over there. <clears throat> yeah, like but, suddenly you know. the fairy kingdom is under fire. The whole thing, yeah, we're just like done. They're out of one war into the into other. other. Yeah, like, you could just extend it, but they're getting matching tattoos. Yeah, it's like okay. But you know, anyway. Their own. <laughs> anyway. Speaking, anyway, moving Books. on. This book. Okay, so the book that we are talking about today is Red, White, and Royal Blue. It came out in 2019. It's written by Casey McQuiston. McQuiston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has a movie coming out next month. Hmm. Um. Do we want to read the description again, or should I just like spitball? I am going to roughly summarize okay, this plot go for it. based off of the summary or the book description. Okay. So the first son, Alex Claremont Diaz, is a super popular first son. The first family, which is him, his sister. Of the United States. Of the United States. Is like... <laughs> Not like Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah. Um, super popular with his sister and... The Veep's granddaughter, they're like a White House trio, and he gets into a basically scandal scandal because he has a nemesis who is the prince, and at a royal wedding, they knock into a cake, and it becomes a big mess because they're like, oh my gosh, they're brawling! (laughs) And it literally was that they fell over into a cake. So for PR, they fake a friendship between the first son and the prince. And through this, they start talking and like everything. And then his mom is starting her reelection as president. And quickly into this book, they jump into a relationship. Yeah. And he finds out he is gay. And then they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And at the end, it gets released to the public that they have been having a relationship and how they handle that situation personally and in a political way. So this movie is not movie. This book. Okay. Yeah. Normally we do movies, but yeah. you know, we'd like to throw in books sometimes. We Maybe read. We'll, we read theory. No. <laughs> um, this is one time I was on hinge yeah. and this guy said, I bet you can't was the prompt. And what he put in the, box was name 10 books and ever since then i got like really mad and i made a book reading goal so honestly thank you to that guy because now i read name four beetles <laughs> yes i love everything that okay um but yeah so just just keeping you on your toes sometimes we'll throw a book in there sometimes we'll throw macbeth in there. eventually love um but yeah so this book is rumored to be 
social network fan fiction we're or, here to call out those rumors <laughs> we're here to <laughs> to say no, no. <laughs> I, i'm here to say low-key okay it's just, supposed to be fan fiction specifically between i think like actors that played the yeah jesse eisenberg and um yeah andrew garfield and as horrified as i was when you told me that when i actually read this book at some points i was like i wonder what that could have been because it wasn't because it was not that <laughs> yeah after the first few chapters i just kind of like forgot mm-hmm. um but heavy dose of among other pop culture references harry potter references yes and while i do not read or have ever really read uh dreary i gotta make sure my name stays clean (laughs) i've never read dreary fan fiction i don't know her but have (laughs) heard about it and like the common tropes and stuff and i can also just generally imagine given the characters personalities like in the actual canon um and it gave more of that energy still not like completely but when it's being yeah. referenced constantly in the book i can't help but be like is this yeah um i think that's like the closest to fan fiction as we can get with anything there's just so many references to harry potter and star wars it is overwhelming at points and the author is confirmed to like i i mean i couldn't personally find like the evidence but it seems pretty like unanimously confirmed that they did like they were faint not famous but relatively popular on either like ao3 or wattpad mm-hmm. so they are like an established fanfic writer i just don't necessarily buy that this is a fanfic or at least that this is social network fanfic yeah me either it just i i was kind of sold on this idea and then i got into it it was just not that and i was like oh you wanted it no 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 no, not in like a negative no it's fine it broke my expectation brought my product to the great notes <laughs> yeah but anyway kind of weird in that way um you have this theory I need you to talk about the Hamilton theory. Yes. Okay. So, here's my deal. In 2015 to 2016, which this book started beginning, or it was like at least conceptualized in 2016, um, I was in the th- I was 15, and in the throes of the Hamilton fandom, the musical. In case I need to be clear. I wasn't fangirling over the actual person. And I've suppressed a lot of trauma from that time. And it was dug out of its grave through this book. And when I said that three hours ago, you were like, where? And I was like, where? I'll tell you where. So there's first, there were some signs, right? And then there was like, full confirmation and in my eyes at least that like i think if you want to reach this could be hamilton and lauren's fan fiction not a reach though is that the author is definitely referencing hamilton multiple times if one of the times not suddenly at all if anything it hit me like a brick 
But the other times, it's more subtle, where I, to the point where I felt like I was being gaslit by this author, um, or just, like, made to feel delusional, because they include a quote where one of the characters says, I'm sure I don't know what you mean. And I was like, who talks like that? You know what, who says that in a song? Angelica Schuyler to Alexander Hamilton in the song Satisfied. And then I was like, you know, but that's like just a turn of phrase. Maybe it just was like, maybe they just used it and they weren't intending to reference Hamilton. Here's the other thing that I didn't mention the first time we recorded. The main character is named after Alexander Hamilton. And I was like, okay, Hamilton was a founding father. And this book, I mean, like his parents grew up or not grew up, but his parents are both lawyers or they both started out as lawyers and then both became politicians. So I'm like, I guess I can imagine them naming their child. We'll get into it. One of his parents is Mexican and I don't see a Mexican person naming their child after Alexander Hamilton. Anyways, but that's who he's named after. And then I was like, okay, this is, mm, of all the founding fathers, he's named after Hamilton and after that reference. Suspicious. Point three. There's a part where someone says the phrase, putting the fire out from inside the house. If there's a fire you're trying to douse, you can't put it out from inside the house. I'm in the cabinet. I'm in complicit. In watching, you know, it's a turn of phrase, yeah. But after th- two, three offenses, I'm like, I am on to you, <laughs> I am on to you. Listening to you talk about this makes me feel like I am the Grinch and you are the mayor talking about the hubilations, about like from the scripture of who. Like, that's how I feel. Last offense, last offense. By far the most damning if you don't know and you were spared from the fandom of hamilton in 2016 the musical is i don't want to say based on because it's like real life but like there is a famous biography of alexander hamilton written by ron chernow which lin-manuel miranda used and heavily referenced when writing hamilton and like If you're any seasoned Hamilton fan, reformed or not, you know this information. And they reference it in this book and in the same breath reference um, Hamilton and Lauren's homoerotic love letters to each other. And they are the biggest ship within the Hamilton fandom. And at that point, I was like, this person was deep in it and i know because i was right there with them but at least i had the excuse of being 15 i anyways i rest my case you're all right this feels like we need we need court (laughs) there's no court to be had this is damning evidence whoever disagrees with me does not have a case this feels like you know those memes where they lay a piece of cheese on a newspaper and then read the words? 
feel like aliens coming down no. to Earth. If you made a piece of today. cheese on this book, you'd have to cut out an entire fucking square to make room for the entire paragraph that the author spends on talking about their love letters and the biography. I'm pretty sure it's all in one paragraph. What Swiss cheese do right. you know? Right. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm still grieving. You are Charlie Day. First recording with the poster and the i'm meme. letting it out i'm expressing I know. it i know anyways. i'll let you talk for okay me. positives about this book it's fine it's like, not a pop- no, like, <laughs> like i read it it's like a romance novel sure it's 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 not bad like people rave about it people really love this book yeah um which we forgot to put our disclaimer. I mean, at this point, we've already kind of yeah worn into it a bit, but yeah, obviously. But uh, like, I think that's fine. It's a romance novel, um, but I think there are several, and by several, I mean like there are petty things that are just funny, mm-hmm. um, and then there are like crimes against humanity, bigger, well, bigger overarching <laughs> issues. I feel that kind of color mm-hmm. or like stain do we want to go from like more minor to major because yeah um i think like minor things that are just like things that are corny weird um most of this book very quickly and early on is like the full romance of Mm -hmm. the prince and the first son yeah and they dive into it immediately i expected more of a slow burn as we established not it was like they just jumped in and we all had to deal with the after effects yeah and um so we didn't get to learn a lot about the characters i felt like i knew a lot more about the other characters Mm -hmm. than our main characters for a while through the book uh, because they're not fleshed out very well like the the main characters well i think characters like nora and um what's her name june june are the sister and the friend are pretty fleshed out um characters something that really just bothered me is that a major plot point of this is that they are uh in a scandal because it is mm-hmm. like released to the paparazzi mm-hmm. the tabloids as they say um that the prince and the first son are in a relationship and is released via their emails. They are emailing each other romantically dirty long, long love letters. Love letters in these emails. Filthy. And I just can't believe they're using email. There's it's no, such a crime. There's no reason. There's no reason. The email was like email. Alex Claremont Diaz at Whitehouse.org. No. And maybe it's like, okay. I said in the first recording that, like, they could have, if they wanted to be romantic about it, exchanged, like, physical mail. Yeah. And, I mean, it's illegal to open someone's mail regardless, but I Mm -hmm. guess I'd understand if, like, important families like this might, I don't think it's, like, right, you know? But, like, I would understand a world in which they might, like, open their children's mail, (laughs) you know? That's understandable. Okay, but, like... In a world where the prince is flying back and forth to the U.S. like every other week, it seems just to hook up with his That's boyfriend. That's true. Like then I would believe like can, that your mail is letters. private. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's like where does the privacy end and start? 
like so it's like if you're trying to be romantic about it so this is a fantasy novel <laughs> in this they world they made him the prince of genovia <laughs> man, could just fly over yeah like okay so prince henry is like visit i can understand a little bit alex being able to visit can't understand how easily he gets into Buckingham Palace without any kind of warning. When he's knocking on that door. Yeah. Anyways, but like, especially inexcusable is Henry coming over for like the smallest events. At like smallest, at least in relativity to like his position as like basically the leader or soon to be leader of a country. Like, like a monarchist, not not just like a president. Like, it's not realistic. <laughs> and like, we can suspend our disbelief to a certain degree. Yeah, but only so much. The email saying the flying around. As I said, post Hillary Clinton email scandal world, and I'm supposed to believe that they're sending each other, and they're comfortable. They're too. Yeah, it's like email number one I they saw. I almost feel like they are like dealing with the devil. Like they are really tempting fate. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that that is one of like obviously less the lesser egregious things. Yeah. Or like lesser bad things. Um some people were talking about the writing style. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's okay. Yeah, they it's they complain fine. that it's very fan fiction y. And, like, I guess I kind of agree, but I think that it's also, like, I mean, there publishing, are worse. yeah, and also, like, publishing has become ever so slightly more easy and accessible in recent years, especially with TikTok, but, like, I don't know, I think that it's not completely fair to, like, discredit fan fiction as, like, a way of publishing your work because there's lots of great fan fiction there's i don't know i'm not that heavy into fan fiction but like yeah. I, there's lots of people who enjoy what i i mean i they're not physical books like you can't hold them so i can't see mm-hmm. how thick they are yeah but like i always hear about that one marauders fan fiction <laughs> and it sounds really good i wish i knew more about harry potter <laughs> to appreciate it but maybe i don't because of jk rowling but you know what i mean like you know yeah there's a lot of work that is fan fiction that's like should still be respected and appreciated yeah they're not writing the odyssey no Um, like and and, you know i went into it knowing it there's just a certain style of cover that i see on books nowadays when i enter target and I could just see the bright pink or bright blue cover on the book, and the the like writing is like kind of goofy. Not to and... get into it too much, but that is also an issue of like they don't want to pay artists these days. Yeah. So and so, but like I can just tell from that book style yeah. that it's gonna be a fan fiction type book, and I, uh, you know, I'm not gonna judge the writing too harshly on that because it's, it's like just suppo- especially like this type of book like it's just trying to get me the romance yeah back. they're not trying to write like the great gatsby or anything yeah. <laughs> like i'm not looking for the colors throughout the book and the theming <laughs> yeah. like this isn't 12th grade yeah um before we get into more uh major 
issues. I do want to touch real quick on the other pop culture references besides the Harry Potter and the Hamilton. Lots of Star Wars references. Um, you mentioned that you thought the cringiest part was the emails. Um, and that was like through not throughout the whole thing, but that was like a huge chunk of the book. Was there emails? Yeah. One specific moment that I found really cringy is after they are outed, they're leaving the airport or like entering the airport together or something. It has not even been 24 hours yet since they were outed. And they're like, look out the window. And there's a huge mural of these two painted as Han Solo and Leia. And I just... How did they construct it that quick? And they, in all fairness, they asked that in the book, but asking it is not enough. How did they construct this mural? Like, yeah, you could be like, how did that happen so fast? But like, no, yeah, I want to know. Like, even if it was like, what's the, I don't even, if I wanted to print out a poster like that, it's staples. I don't even know if I would be able to get them to do it within 24 hours, let alone big enough for you to be able to see out the window of an airport how did they get it on the airport walls i don't <laughs> it might not have been an airport but regardless like, I, I remember what I you're talking about I because know. i screenshotted it on my phone and i was like what is right. it we've lost the plot <laughs> we've lost the plot like all right yeah, okay but- but um, that was my last. Oh, well, I think yeah. moving into a bit more serious topics mm-hmm. with this. The main character, Alex Claremont Diaz, is half Mexican. His father is a Mexican who is a senator, a Mexican man who is a senator. And his mother is a white woman from Texas. And I think that this book suffers from the looking up author name is author name blank ethnicity yeah and of we the talked character. a little about how if you have to look that up it's an indicator of like a bit of wonky moments it just it's not that like anything in the book was particularly like heinous that i was like oh my yeah, god it just was like you know a white person <laughs> yeah. you're just like i know they are not yeah latino there was a moment where i had to put my phone down and I looked at my sister because there was a point where they were like playing the guitar and they were like they were like at some I think they're at their house or something and they're all just sitting together playing the guitar around a fire pit Mm -hmm. and there I looked at my sister and I was like can you play Johnny Cash on guitar and she goes yeah I was like can you play Fleetwood Mac on like guitar she goes yeah and I was like, can you play a lot of Selena's dis- like <laughs> Selena songs on guitar? Even if you wanted to. And she was like, um, I you know, you know what? Maybe I'm maybe I'm Selena not nowhere. Like not nowhere. <laughs> like, maybe, but I just like I feel like a lot of Selena's like bigger hits on acoustic guitar kind of hard to imitate yeah. on the guitar. But, like, moments like that, or there are times where um, the three, Alex, his father, and a friend of him and his father, who is also a 
I think Mexican or he is like Latino in some kind of way. Yeah, he's also gay. Yeah. They will like email or talk to each other and at the end of the whole line they'll just be like Vato and I'm like, What? <laughs> I'm like, what happened yeah. to the plot of the movie? And then um also his name is Alexander Claremont Diaz, which is mother's last name first, father's last name second, which is not traditional for uh well Mexicans. Um, like it's usually father's last name, mother's last name. So and I thought maybe they were like, oh my god, we're like so progressive, like the mother's last name because she's the president. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't reference it at all. They like didn't talk about it. And I was like, was this just like weird? Like Yeah. What? I I don't I don't understand. So I think that those moments were a little <laughs> awkward. Uh we were talking about um the seven husbands of yeah, Evelyn Hugo, Hugo and it suffered from a similar effect where the, Liked the Evelyn book. yeah well, drama appreciate I appreciated parts huh. of the book. I finished it. I love drama. So I ate that book right up. And the character is a white Cuban woman. I believe Mm -hmm. she's Cuban. And she passes as white. So she chooses to continue to do that as like to reach stardom. Mm -hmm. But then there are moments of referencing her Cuban identity. And they are just so awkwardly done. Or even another character who I believe is a black woman and she's a reporter referencing to her at some points is just so badly done that i had to look up who this author was yeah because it immediately yanked me out of the story and i was like oh my god it's been a year since we read it so i don't remember all the specific like Like, offenses but but yeah and and so i I think this transitions pretty well into our discussion of is all representation good representation yeah or just even just like obviously there's some representation that's like not bad not good but like i've never watched this movie um but like i know that a lot of people don't like the movie um the miseducation of cameron post mm-hmm. i think because it's not like from what i've heard it's not like horrible lgbt representation um but it's not like the best or at least i think at that point people were kind of getting tired of like the depressing stories and they want more yeah. like happy queer stories um but i bring that up because like on top of just like the cultural um you know representation or misrepresentation there is also just like the queer representation both of them kind of just are like you know the the author is queer themselves Mm -hmm. but they're still like a white queer person which is going to be way different from like and they're also afab i think um and so i was talking earlier too about how like um i'm sorry i didn't mean to like hijack your point about the like representation but i I feel like you were kind of going somewhere culturally here i'll let you continue no no no. go ahead that's that's exactly what i was thinking about so they they both are kind of they go hand in hand we're like i'm just kicking myself because i was so more eloquent about in our first episode but you know it's like you're hesitant to like complain about it too much because you want studios and publishers and things like that to keep putting out like poc stories and queer stories 
But at the same time, it's like, where do we draw the line of like, yeah. you know, first of all, I don't want to say that like people who aren't POC shouldn't write POC characters or even mm-hmm. shouldn't make them like the main characters. Yeah. It just really sucks that like it's harder for the people who are actually part of those like communities or you know groups to be published when they're the people with the first-hand experience yeah so and i think it's really difficult because when you read these books and they're extremely popular and i'll see reviews about books mm-hmm. that are like raving like raving about this book and then i yeah. read the book and like in the review like people will be like oh my god it's about like a poc character or whatever like they're so they're like applauding this diversity and Mm -hmm. then you read the book and especially if you're part of that community and you read it and you immediately can tell that is not authentic to the experience and then you have to look up the author and sit there and be like oh and then it kind of like yeah you're like oh like (laughs) this is so popular and Mm -hmm. it's just like do we want stories that just have our faces or do we want authentic stories that actually represent that experience? Because also you have a lot of people who aren't from those, let's say cultures or um, like different backgrounds Mm -hmm. reading this and taking it as maybe just the truth about like that experience or that community. And I think that it's a bit slippery and how we feel about these things yeah like i mean i was gonna say that the seven husbands of evelyn hugo was not as bad about this because the author like the character is lgbt and um hispanic but the or latina but um the writer is not at least i think she's just white Mm-hmm. But she's also not LGBT. And it's the same thing for this book where, like, the author is LGBT, but they're not specifically, like, a gay, gay man. man. Yeah. And I mentioned in the last recording, like, I was afraid <laughs> when we started this book because there just seems to be, like, an imbalance of specifically MLM stories written by Mm -hmm. women or afab people yeah and it's just like it can feel this book didn't at least from what i thought but like i said i'm not a gay man it didn't seem like it was fetishizing it too much um i don't want to say it wasn't at all yeah but you know you read a review like earlier i don't know if you want to just go ahead and read it but yeah clearly other people still felt like yeah i'll let you go ahead yeah so um we we do a section on the podcast where we look at either goodreads reviews for books or like letterboxed for movies and when looking through the reviews on goodreads um i found this review that i felt really articulated these points pretty well um and it was by blake the book eater (laughs) and uh they were talking about how um like they like the book Mm -hmm. it's fine but um that they also feel that like this is not an attack on identity or sexuality and like writers um but just like the larger problem in uh like ya where you see um 
YA novels about gay men not being written by gay men. And um, they said, this is especially true when these authors do not know how to write gay sex. It may seem a little explicit, but it's true. And it's only the tip of the iceberg when um, how female authors imagine gay experiences to be versus the reality. And they were talking about douching and like work and communication and like these conversations around mm-hmm. sex and specifically gay sex for gay men. And um, the fact that there wasn't a conversation about it or even just a mention at all showed me that this felt like fan fiction fantasy world than actual gay sex. They have a lot of sex in this book. So would this have been hard to include? And they're like, it may seem nitpicky, but... Um, I don't even think that it's nitpicky. It's no. like a fair, completely fair criticism. And they were like, it's cute and fluffy and fun, and I'm probably thinking too hard about it, except I'm not, because as a gay teen growing up, I would seek out and read all the ML or MLM books I could find, and surprise, most of them were written by women slash non-male authors. So yes, I did have an unrealistic expectation of how gay sex slash relationships work, because I was reading a heterosexual romance that was gender-swapped to be gay. I'm sorry, that's harsh, but that's how I felt. And so um, they also, like, obviously go into yeah. more about, like, Alex and race. And they were like, I don't know if it's my place because I'm not Mexican, but, like, you know. Um, but I felt like that really, you know, reading that They were way review, too nice about it. <laughs> like, reading that review, I was like, that's so, you know that's so sad because i also felt similarly when reading the sex scenes in this book because i was like are we just like not gonna talk about like like i don't know because and you know what some people are like oh my god but that's like such an intricacy of like sex but it's like no 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 because when i'm reading some of these books with straight sex y'all be including like whoa like yeah no way more explicit like this person was so nice about being like oh maybe it's like a little too explicit but i feel like we should have some sort of representation Mm -hmm. for like people reading these books that are like it because i think the exclusion of something as basic as douching for gay sex makes it so abundantly clear that this is written for non-gay men Mm -hmm. for like not non-gay men but like yeah for, like to to be blunt women to yeah. read to f- like like i fetishize. would bet a good amount of money that the most people who loved this book were women or yeah. were afab and it's just like you know i i like heartstopper i read mm-hmm. this book called the charm offensive and i was just like you know i just wanted to watch them i didn't know the gender or sexuality of the people that wrote it uh-huh. until after the fact and both times it turned out to be either i think like a woman or um an afab person and yeah i don't know it just it gets weird and there's a lot of like nuance about it that we can't get into in like yeah one and a half hours but it's just something to think about um yeah yeah I think 
uh, it's just it's just a lot to talk about yeah. it's also like i don't know how i really feel about it but it's also like the There's more like, we discuss it just makes it's like a bigger yeah thing it, it just and this, becomes harder to look yeah. past like it's already difficult to read something that someone wrote who's not like for example from a certain culture trying to write through the point of view of like somebody who's half mexican it's already hard to read something that's written by a straight person through the point of view of someone who's not straight and then the intersectionality of those two things is like its own monster entirely like it's not even like (laughs) like if you could measure which you can't but like the two together it's like it's more. It's more than that. Does that yeah. make sense? No, like, no, no. Of course. Like, yeah. The, like, I feel like that combined with the backdrop of this book. The political backdrop, is to be clear. So much. Uh, um, the backdrop of Alex's mom running for re-election and they're doing, like, crazy PR to, like, fix everything and make it look like they're the perfect first family. Yeah. Um, it was just a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Some points where I was like, we are Yossify girl bossing Joe, we did it. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is like, I know where you're going, but like one really quick thing is that I don't know, maybe I just like wasn't with the times. Malia and Sasha Obama were not heavily like focused on in the way that like Alex and his sister and Nora are implied to be like followed constantly by paparazzi yeah like (laughs) they're doing magazine shoots like every other day like they're almost the kardashians and like granted like yeah i'm sure like the first children of the presidents are they experience like a degree of that maybe i'm just not weird and following the president's children um yeah like paparazzi photo i don't know it's felt like it copied or mimicked more of like that monarchy style of like cult of personality cult of like yeah following that's just automatically given to the royal children i don't think we care about i like i do think that obviously the obamas were heavily Mm -hmm. followed like photographed i mean they were the first first family in the age of like social media well i don't even think it's just that obviously like even like michelle obama and like all of them even currently to Mm -hmm. now are under a lot of scrutiny and watched heavily like that tan suit obama wore i remember that because people were like how dare obama wear a tan suit and it's like it is because they were like the first family that was like the first family that was black <laughs> like, yeah, that's so, too. <laughs> so like i think and also um the daughters were very young yeah. at the time and as i got older like there were obviously tabloid things but i don't recall other than obviously professional family photo shoots that were like i guess required or like events like the turkey pardoning mm-hmm. or like christmas or things like that where like i assume the families posted and stuff like i i just don't know about this whole like <laughs> like i would not be following the first yeah. son on instagram <laughs> like i guess if he were super hot and also my age but maybe maybe but yeah but you were getting into um 
the yassifying oh okay yeah so the whole backdrop of this alex is very political and um gung-ho about like becoming a politician because his mom is one obviously and his dad is and i guess everything he's grown up around is like that uh but i think that this book really tries to like um be like eat that republicans (laughs) and um there are just some moments that are like so tone deaf to everything they're making fun of yeah because it's like they'll be like "Mm, republicans but they're simmering in their socks that us mexicans are (laughs) sitting in the white house and it comes up multiple times and it's like i'm like we get it (laughs) they're like "Mm, they're simmering in there we we won he did not his dad who is mexican did not win he's just a senator his white mother is one who is president (laughs) so we're taking a victory lap yeah no reason and oh dang effort oh yeah so they i think the author knew Mm -hmm. or like i don't even know i don't prefer that they like not touch on it because like it would it would be very difficult to ignore like (laughs) you know the dark past of both the united states history and like british history yeah so it's not that i didn't want them to touch on it but it's just like alex and henry are constantly like this is how we're gonna make our country better and we're so self-aware about like the dark past and our country's war crimes and we're gonna be better you know and then in the same vein henry is not abdicating the throne Mm -mm. and Alex is like, I'm going to become a Democrat because Democrats are the good people and Republicans are the bad people. And (laughs) there's no in between. There's no other parties that maybe I should consider being a part of. Or like nuance in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Henry, like within the same few pages, be like, yeah, my older brother, Philip, who like buys into the (laughs) monarchy. Like I told him like, this monarchy is about like genocide and like all of these things and i'm not allowed to be gay and then like i just felt like i was like oh okay and then like like i was just sitting there and i was like i mean i get it but at the same time like he's sitting there being like yeah like all this blood money i rejected the like money they like gave me but they still gave it to me like they refused to like refuse my rejection so and he was like, like okay i still get it insane. yeah <laughs> Like, I, I still get it. Yeah, but like, supposedly I, he I has not touched it. it, but it's like, yeah, he's like, I, I refused it. They still gave it to me, and I'm still like flying to the US like every other week, burning the emissions of Taylor Swift. Like, supposedly he's using, because his dad's an actor, so he's using the funds that he was left by his dad who died. But like, I don't know, my God. Like, he, and he is like constantly emotionally distraught. Of like choosing between Alex and his like obligations as a member of the royal family to the point where I'm just like, if they're so bad, just leave. Like, yeah. I mean, granted, this was before this happened, but like Prince Harry did it, so we know it's possible. 
True. I multiple times in this book I would read Henry and be like Harry and be like, oh, I, he was like, I can't leave, I can't get out. I'm like, you can though. You you literally we can post Harry split. <laughs> like you are 23, you absolutely can. <laughs> and then Alex, yeah, it's it's just there was a Goodreads that I found where somebody compared this book, and I think this is a perfect metaphor to that meme. Maybe I'll put it on our Instagram. I mean like this is red, white, and royal blue. But yeah. Um where it's the two images, like stock photo images of missiles, and then one of them is labeled Republican, it's just like nothing on the missile. And then one of them is labeled Democrat and it's still a missile. (laughs) It's just covered in like ally stickers and like which is like, yeah, that was the energy that this book was giving off. Like, he wants to be a politician. He's 21. We are 22 and 23. He should be well aware at his age, especially as an aspiring politician of like, like, I don't know. The American political system? Yeah. Or like the grayscale, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, with that oh my god this review literally is so good again by like the book eater and they were talking about how like this novel was just a woke liberal fantasy land that it took me out especially when they're faced with very harsh realities and ramifications by our own political leaders on both sides i get this book wants to exist in an alternate version um but if you're gonna mention redlining and voter suppression and then do nothing about it um then why have it in the book (laughs) The book wants to have it both ways, and I don't think it did a very good job of it, like, or even explore how your white knight liberal president queen, queen spelled K-W-E-E-N, is doing anything about it, um, which I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it, it's just, there's a lot of, the politics elements, I think, were handled just a little poorly. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's trying to get deep but it doesn't get deep enough to explore the like actual i don't know (laughs) and there's there's a scene which as an isolated scene i enjoyed but as a part of the book it's like so there's a scene where alex is confronting this co-worker who works with him on his mother's campaign um and like throughout the book he constantly refers to him as like waspy something or other i don't remember his actual name but he keeps referring to him as like waspy and he just has this like sense of superiority over everybody for being so much more intellectual on like a political level uh than everybody else but at the same in the same vein he's like yes hillary clinton joe biden like yeah i don't know it's just like my god you're looking in the mirror but while we're on the topic of that scene the specific scene that i'm talking about is where he confronts this person uh because they he's like oh we have to campaign hard in texas because that's his home state and it would be like really sentimental for his mother to win that state because she lost it during her first election Mm -hmm. so to win it during the re-election would be like a huge win for her so he's like we need to campaign in texas and this coworker is like texas is a lost cause 
and we live in Florida. So I appreciated Alex at least being like, like, hey, no, it's not. Like, you shouldn't just, like, write off the South like that. And we were talking earlier about how, like, it's very common amongst, like, the Yas, like, Democrat people or whatever to just kind of, like, shit on the South constantly. Yeah. And they're always like, haha, like, look at how woke and open-minded we are. These stupid, uneducated Southern people could never get on our level. And it's just like... Yeah, there's just like a touch of elitism. Yeah. That. So I at least appreciated him calling that out because like, you know, it's a whole. I feel like there, this book, this book opens a ton of cans of worms and just and leaves the them. Worms are everywhere. everywhere. And they leave it on the table. But there's like, at points, a very nice little tea right there. You know, that you're like, oh, I love hot tea. And you take a little sip of this, like, <laughs> the romance aspect, but you're still yeah. left with a can of worms on the table. Like, several cans of worms, and it's just so hard sometimes. So many worms! It's hard to drink your tea when there's a ton of worms I'm on the table. I'm gonna post an Instagram that's, like, this episode out of context. <laughs> the missiles. <laughs> the worms. But, yeah. So, um... I'd like to take a second to talk about the casting for the movie that's mm-hmm. going to be coming out. Really, all we have for the cast is, like, Alex and Henry and Uma Thurman as his mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to talk about something real quick. I feel like. Uh, we talked a little earlier about, like, we think they look a little old mm-hmm. for this it is supposed to be rated R, and I guess, like, yeah, sure, cool, like, whatever. But, like, they are a little old-looking. Yeah. Um, Not old as in, like, old-old, but, like... Old for these roles. Old for these roles. Especially like, in Hollywood, when we are, like, programmed to believe that, like, KJ Appa looks like he could play a high schooler. They look older than that, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They look older than that. So it's kind of like, uh... And then um, another thing, Alex in the book is 5'9", and I just feel like yeah. his actor is like, because <laughs> I remember I was watching the trailer, because the trailer dropped recently, and it I saw him stand next to the guy who plays Henry, and I was like, why are both of these men, like, tall, lean, shredded? One of you is supposed to be little. He makes a reference like in one scene in the trailer where he's like i know you're wearing risers in your shoes and that's all we get and like those risers better be like (laughs) stiletto heel (laughs) we're we're talking about representation for five nine men short king representation (laughs) it's not even short king sorry sorry short first son of the united states (laughs) i just feel like there are plenty of men in this world that are five nine. We can find one. We can find any of them. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know what? Me, a tall woman. I'm riding for y'all five nine men right now. What is <laughs> Billy Eigner think he's like, let's go lesbians, let's go and yeah. like a bunch of short men? <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Um Uma Thurman, her accent, interesting choice. Yeah, I don't know. 
like what a traditional Texas accent is supposed to sound like. It didn't feel like that. I though. don't think that's it. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I was like, I don't. Is she American? We confirm. Yeah, confirmed that she is American, mm-hmm. and that the only movie that I can remember seeing her in is the Percy Jackson movie. Um, because I haven't seen Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction. Um, I'm sure I've seen her in other things. That's just like the first one that comes to mind, and the only one at the moment. And in that, she's got like not a British accent going on, but I don't know. So I didn't know what her real accent was, but I could tell that it wasn't this accent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. That was weird, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like. It's not trying to be like what's a serious like LGBT novel. I don't know, but I feel like the movie is definitely going lighthearted. I think they're yeah. gonna lean more into the light heart lighthearted romance mm-hmm. and then the consequences of like Yeah. Let's like love is love. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much of the politics they yeah. delve into. Um, yeah, I, I see, I, like, there's a lot of people who are kind of, like, up in arms about the trailer. And they were already up in arms before the trailer, mm-hmm. just based on, like, like the barest scraps. And it's, like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of problems with this book. And I'm sure there will be problems with the movie. But as an adaptation why are you i really don't understand how it could get that much worse (laughs) than than the source material which like this i enjoyed the source material but i'm just saying like like you guys are acting like this is an adaptation some of you guys are acting like this is an adaptation of pride and prejudice that we're dealing with here it's you're making a face what no, you're just like so brave for saying this. What do you mean? <laughs> They're coming for you. No, oh. don't come for me. I just, I don't know. Like, no, I get it. I get it. It's like it's being released on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and guys. also, you haven't seen like, the movie yet. Like, if the movie turns out to be bad, or they change something that like <laughs> makes it even like worst representation then sure yeah like i'll eat my words but like let's see the movie yeah like let's watch <laughs> the movie first like sorry that your like little pookies weren't like past it or whatever femboys but like let's watch the movie i'm gonna get porn <laughs> you're, you're getting ruined anyway yeah. i think overall the romance aspect was fine um, I just felt like the backdrop was a lot. I how would you rate it? Um, probably like three out of five. I enjoyed it as much as I tore into it. <laughs> and like sometimes it's fun to enjoy something that's not it's not bad. It's not yeah. even bad. It's just like good fun. Like I would put it on par <laughs> probably with like the first Akatar book. Ooh. Okay. It's hard to compare them because yeah. they're very different. But like as far as like enjoyment goes, like interesting. Okay. Honestly, maybe I enjoyed this even a little more 
than the first Akatar book. Wow. And if we had done an episode on the first Akatar book, I would have had less shit to say because that's not based <laughs> on the real world. So I just want to like make clear <laughs> that the amount of shit that I'm talking is not indicative of my enjoyment of this. I just, there was a lot. There was a lot. Okay. Valid. I, I would give it like a two, two and a half, mm-hmm. it, like out of five stars. Um, it was fine. I just it was just not my thing. I think, but yeah, I guess to quickly wrap up obsessions quickly. Yeah, I talked for a hot minute. Okay, quickly, hey, everybody being great, mean to grimace, and yeah. I am a victim of like the sad core edits that people are making. I need you guys to be nice. I'm a sensitive person. <laughs> I need you to be nice to Grimace or I'm going to lose it. Love, hate, the Barbie capitalism Mm, marketing going on. Like, I'm eating it up and I explained that I like a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll drop a lot of money on a bit. And by bit, I mean like, like, for example, in high school, uh, do you remember when I made redacted that thing i just don't know if people want to be named on it that no one's listening but like you know what i mean yeah i made like the canvas with like her face on a cat and shrek was holding her and then the back you know like i love a good bit and let's say that i spent maybe ten dollars on that you Uh know like yeah i'll drop ten dollars on a bit and you bet i'm gonna drop like a fat amount of money on now making, that you have a job like a yeah big especially girl job. now that i have a big girl job a fat amount of money on like a barbie costume that i might wear once or twice in my life for this movie and i had to like hold myself back and be like you shouldn't do that you're falling for it they're getting you they made it hot pink suddenly you're like capitalism and i'm glad that i caught myself because both my morals and my bank account are suffering and i talked about how i saw a fake ad for a barbie diva cup and i was like you know that could convince me to try a diva cup but it was fake and honestly i was a little disappointed love (laughs) um me and my brother like oh wait yeah can i add a little thing to your barbie thing so we were talking about how I am so scared that people are going to hate on Barbie. I'm so scared oh, for the yeah, movie. Yeah. I'm okay. really, really deeply afraid. This is Anne Hathaway in the late 2000s. People loved her. They loved her so much until they hated her. And I love Anne Hathaway. I was like, why do people hate her? And I feel such deep fear for this movie. Greta Gerwig. I, I you know what? Little Women was fine. I, I liked it. Um. And like, you know, I liked it. I wasn't like, you know, I've seen it once. Like, it was fine. I've also seen the other little women with like Winona Ryder and Christian Bale. Yeah. I saw that one once. It was fine. And like, like I saw Francis Ha. I, you know what? I just some of the, what the, Greta Gerwig, about the Chronicles of Chronicles of Narnia. Man, does she, what does she know about me being like 13 and seeing Ben Barnes in that in those movies? Nothing. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway, but I am concerned. Because the plot is so vague, that this plot the marketing is so big. Yeah, that if this movie does not meet expectations, which at this point I think the expectation that has been built is so high, 
a nothing. It will never meet it. I fear it will never meet it. And I think it's got a f- long distance that it could crash from. Yeah. And I think that it's just people love to hate and people love mm-hmm. to love really hard. And if it does not do well, it would mean some irreparable damage, especially to Greta Gerwig's career. Um, And I think because like because of the marketing, mm-hmm. what I was thinking was probably like lighthearted Barbie thing with like maybe some artsy twist on it. But kind of what I want is just like a lighthearted Barbie mm-hmm. thing. And I fear that it could be more than that. And yeah, not. I was worried. Um, I mean, I am worried that especially because I think, excuse me, today they released um, a music, not, not video. I don't think they released all of it, but like yeah. a snippet of a song that Ryan Gosling sings as Ken. And people mm-hmm. had been speculating that he might be the villain of this movie because he's like, in Barbie world where it's for all intents and purposes, a matriarchy. And then they go to the real world where it's a patriarchy. And in this song, he like expresses some resentment over the fact that like Barbie's everything and he's just Ken. And then mm-hmm. they're going to go to the real world. I'm afraid. And he's going to be like, patriarchy. <laughs> like, I, what is it called? <laughs> he's just like, I don't know. I I can't remember the word, but yeah, that he's just gonna basically turn on Barbie and like I don't maybe it's not that deep, but I feel like Ken's whole thing from the beginning of Ken is he's there to support Barbie and Barbie world is still supposed to mimic the real world to some degree. And it's just like he would still support her within a patriarchy. So if he turns his back on her, I will be fighting Greta Gerwig. I I worry about it. I, that's that's it. I've been worried about it since it like really started building up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh no. This falls, it's gonna fall hard. Which I worry about because I like Barbie. I like <laughs> Nicki Minaj please yeah please be okay please and then my last love is um i'm really having fun kind of just like hanging out with my brother more often because we're both like adults now and i feel like when i got to college because i'm older um i just kind of got swept up you know in college and now that i am like done with school and everyone's kind of like moving away and stuff like that and now my brother's the one in college I'm like granted he went through me being in college when he was in high school and all his little besties were still in the same town as him but I digress I'm like this is kind of lonely (laughs) like hey Matthew do you want to hang out with me (laughs) and Matthew for listening to this turn it off um but yeah and so he asked me if I wanted to go see Oppenheimer with him because I wasn't planning on seeing it I would rather see Barbie twice but um he was like yeah like no one's in town because it's the summer who can go with me so you know like do you want to go see it still and I was like I'm so honored to be your second choice (laughs) but yeah so what do you love this week okay talking about siblings that love film <laughs> my brother is counting down those days to that five nights at freddy movie 
he sends me like he is like tmz for this movie i swear it's like the newest release he's on it immediately right now this week we are on if markiplier is going to be in it in some capacity he's watching every video the minute it drops to see any references he's waiting um we also love film we so. should give him a segment where no he, he will updates he, he, he is welcome he, to do he it will. he does it all the time in my car sitting next to me um obsessions this week um found out how to put my top four on letterboxd um i had to google it i just didn't have any idea how to do it and i think like i finally did it and i i only did it or looked it up after i on a two-hour car ride alone talked myself through what my top four would be mm-hmm. if i were myself interviewed by letterbox and i was like i have to give a reason for each of these so like i have to validate this feeling oh my so, god yeah you know how i had okay i'm going to a convention in a couple weeks and i had this idea i won't spoil what it is but you know what it is yeah and maybe instead of that idea i should just ask people what their top four movies are in cosplay letterbox style yeah yeah so that's why i added my top four obsessed with that so excited to show my top four to my like know that was five letterbox followers mm-hmm. and the occasional people who will like rewatch a movie from 2003 and then see my review of it <laughs> and be like like this reminds me because we were talking when we were in despair on our way to taco bell you brought up letterbox and i was like i have a thing i'm gonna save it so that this next recording is kind of fresh okay I started talking to a guy on Hinge. Oh, God. Leave me alone. And we exchanged letterboxes. And, like, long story short, we, we were, like, I would have driven to hang out. But I'm a little scorned from, like, bad dates in the past. And I don't want to be the one to ask mm-hmm. um, again. And not not him again, but, you know. Yeah. And it's been a while now. But mm-hmm. we still follow each other on Letterbox, And I... I'm going a little crazy, but we love, we liked each other's reviews. And on the off chance that he's listening to this, I'm not even ba- embarrassed to say it because you made it to the. If he hears this, that means he listened to this entire. It's not even about a movie. <laughs> this is about a book. So if you hear it, I'm down to meet up. Maybe halfway. I'm not driving all the way over there. But, but we like so delusional. Over letterbox likes, but you know what? Me too. Me too. The girlies would support me in my pursuits. Like I get it. I get what it's like. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know who you are. Delusional. Comment on one of my reviews since we aren't, (laughs) and we can set a date. Like I'm a little busy. I'm a working woman. It might not be for like a month. It's like, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. It's like that thing where it's like, ooh, he want me so bad. <laughs> if he listens to this, he's never going to listen to this. If he listened to this, I'd be like, oh, yeah. He wants me. <laughs> he listened to this one and a half hour long review about <laughs> books. Book. So. You're like, ooh, he want me so bad. He like my letterbox. <laughs> Like, tell us, should I like it back? 
you know what me also being delusional i was like wait until you actually find it funny and then like it that's that's it or like the next one Mm. yeah yeah he's actually made a couple reviews since then okay um but i I don't care about any of these movies and here's my thing i'm not gonna lose who i am as a person you know what you should do Hmm. find one that you actually think is kind of interesting like it and then immediately add it to your watch list (laughs) (laughs) like he he actually like does one and then add it to your watch list interesting i don't think he's looking that hard but we'll see Uh, (laughs) but anyway be delusional girl um this my obsessions what this my obsessions i'm sorry I'm so sorry. You keep take all the time. Um, I have to cut out like our giant laughing fit, anyways. So like, this is anyway. We, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, I'm sorry. Other things I'm obsessed with right now: Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with Keanu Reeves. I respect him and his partner, wife. I don't know. I always forget. I don't know, and I respect him because he is over fifty. I respect him. So, I I won't say anything crazy or deranged, him, but I do like rewatching the movies where he's young. I rewatched like all of the, well, I watched the John Wicks, which got me into this, and then I watched like Bill and Ted, of uh, both movies where he's younger, and meow. Uh, that's all I'll say because I respect him so much as a person. I respect him as if a this person. Was, if this was my Christian Bale, he not fifty yet. We we could still. You know what? I think he needs to be back in the Batman suit. Oh my god! <laughs> Those push-up montages. Anyway, Christian Bale. Um, let's move past it. <laughs> Sorry, obsessed with Keanu Reeves. Watching the old Keanu Reeves movies. My siblings have to stop me from watching Point uh, Point Break and like his Why? older movies. They just don't want to see him. I have speed on Tubi as well. Tubi loves Keanu Reeves. Meant they're stopping you from watching them in general. No, I'll be on like I'll be in the living room hmm. and I will have the remote and they'll be like, We don't want to watch Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. And I'll be like, But it's speed. <laughs> and then they'll be like, No. So I've stopped. They hated me because I spoke the truth. And last obsession. This week, um, Twilight, back, back, back here watching them again. I have to get my sister to watch Breaking Dawn 1 and 2. She has never seen or engaged with anything Twilight related. So everything is so new to her. Her world is so, she's like a lamb to this, like, <laughs> you're the pasture. Lion. And that is Twilight. And I'm her guide through. Um, my brother has not seen the like first movie he's uh-huh. only seen new moon he and eclipse yeah moon. he jumped into new moon and he hates edward and jacob mm-hmm. he thinks bella is crazy and he's team charlie he likes charlie the most out of any of the characters um but my sister and i we are a team jacob household i'm sorry I'm sorry. I just, I just feel like, you know, she'd be alive anyway. Um, 
That's that's all I have uh-huh. to say on that. That's all I have to say on that. This is gonna be so embarrassing. <laughs> Look, it's been a night. Yeah. We have the right to to be embarrassing a little bit. Yeah. Man, I love film. <laughs>